Hey, 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 TJS fam. Happy weekend as I'm recording this. It's currently Sunday. So it is the end of the weekend. So sad. But welcome back to another episode of the Jesus Sampler. I'm so, so glad that you're here. And I'm so excited to talk about Jesus together. So cue the intro music and let's press play on episode 28, 1-800-JESUS-SAVES. Let's go. All right. How are you guys? How was slash is your week going? As I'm recording this again, it is the weekend. It's currently Sunday and it is the weekend after Valentine's Day. So I hope you had a great love day with your person. Or if you're single like me, I hope the day was full of chocolates, specifically Dove chocolates. Those are my favorite. And I hope you survived seeing all the cute couple pictures and the question of, do you have plans tonight? No, I did not have plans. So we did it, y'all. The listeners who are single, we did it again. We survived another Valentine's Day. So hooray for us. All right. So Jesus is the ultimate Valentine, right? I'm kidding. That's so cheesy, but I'm kidding. Anyway, per usual, if your week has been on the downhill trend, hopefully this podcast can make it better. And okay, if you're a longtime listener and part of the TJS fam, you know what time it is. It is testimony time. So what would an episode of the podcast be without some time to talk about how Jesus has been moving in our lives, right? That's the best part, honestly. Besides diving into the Bible, obviously, this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast. And so honestly, fun fact, you get a little bit more background information about me. So I used to get so nervous when I was younger, when it came time to share my story about Jesus. Weird, right? Considering now <laughs> I sit in a little studio once a week and just chat about Jesus. But really, I was kind of shy. Well, not kind of. I was really shy, like a really shy kid when I was little. So speaking really wasn't my thing. Um, I really think God must have a sense of humor, not in a mocking or rude way, but he knows what your call is, right? So he knows what your call is going to be on, be in your life. And in my case, he was like, Peyton, I know you're kind of scared to talk in front of people, but start a blog. Then nearly a year and a half later, it was start a podcast. And I was like, God, is that you? Like, this is a great thing. And I'm so thankful and blessed that God has called me into this. But it can be nerve wracking sometimes knowing that what you write or speak, literally the whole world can see and hear it. And then I get to thinking about David from the Bible. I mean, this guy, I know I talk about him every episode, but come on, it's David. Like he is the top dog. He is one of the greatest characters in the Bible, in my opinion, the bad man Jamma, who literally slayed a giant. Remember him? He was the youngest of all his brothers and his life revolved around taking care of sheep when God called him out of his everyday life and made him a king. But David was prepared beforehand with killing a lion and a bear to protect the sheep. That was God preparing him for the giant being Goliath. And in my life, I believe that God was preparing me through the courses I took in college, what I learned my senior year. I actually took a web design class that taught me how to set up a website. Pretty odd, right? And then the year before that, I took a journalism class that talked about how to outline a blog and the parameters for it. So 
God knows how to prepare you for the calling he has on your life. And also, I want to reassure you that your calling could be going to your eight to five job every day, showing up and doing the work and your life alone could be something that catches someone's attention for Jesus. And as followers of Christ, we are to be living examples to who Jesus is to the world. So there is no ranking. Let me just tell you right now, let me just put to rest that lie that the enemy loves to chat about in your ear. There's no ranking in callings. The big thing, the main thing is to make the name of Jesus known to the world. And if God called you to something, have faith that he can see you through the hardships in your life too, because you're going to face setbacks and naysayers no matter what you do in this life, no matter what it is that you're doing. So why not go all in for Jesus 100% all gas, no breaks? Why not? Why not do it? And to me, I love the fact that you don't have any idea of all the lives that Jesus is going to impact through you. You have no clue. It doesn't have to be through words, but it can be through actions too. I literally just got out of a church service today. I went to a new church. It's called Bridgepoint here in Owensboro, Kentucky. If you've never went, I really, really encourage that you go. He literally talked about this very thing that your faith is, it has to be more than words because faith without works is dead. That's what the Bible tells us. So make sure that you're living your faith every single day, not with just your words, but with your actions. And he honestly talked about something so good. I'm going off script here, but I really just want to talk about this. He talked about the best day ever for a Christian is when we accept Jesus into our hearts and we pray that prayer and we accept him into our hearts and he comes in and he changes our life. And the best day ever to the world might look a little different than a Christian's. But when someone who doesn't follow Jesus asks you, you know, what, what's been the best day ever in your life? And you say, oh, the best day ever for me was whenever I accepted Jesus. That right there can be an open door to someone to learn about Jesus and possibly accepting him into their heart. So you never know. So it doesn't have to be through words, but it can be through actions too. Living out your faith every day, making sure what that what God pours into you, you're pouring out to others. Spend time with God and you'll have something that, something to give. So and also about conversations on that topic, a little quote that I've been thinking about lately a lot, like a lot, is Jesus' conversations are the best conversations. There's something about hearing about Jesus or what he's done for others, talking about what he's done for me personally to others, or just talking about the Bible. Literally, the atmosphere just changes in a way that I can't even describe to you. And I think it's because we all have that void in our heart that only Jesus can fill. And it's a one-size-fits-all type of thing. Just a reminder, write this down and remember this this week. Jesus doesn't have a list of prerequisites to following him. Okay, there is no checklist to saying yes to Christ and becoming a follower. The enemy loves to hit us with the you can't be a Christian because of your past card or you're not good enough for Jesus card. Let me tell you, all the cards the enemy plays and the enemy deals are losing ones. Okay, he does not have a winning card in the deck. He's an idiot. Like he's just going to play. I'm going to laugh because he literally has the same tactics, but he just goes at it in a different way. So like. 
I don't know, a football team. Think about it. They each have, you know, different plays, but the end goal is to win the game. Okay. The enemy has different tactics and different plays, but the end goal is to get you farther away from Jesus Christ and farther away from getting into heaven and to just distract you. If you have accepted Jesus to distract you with the, oh, you can't, you can't start a blog. You can't start a podcast. You're not worthy enough. You're not a good speaker. You have a problem with this or a problem with that. Like he always wants to tear you down when Jesus Jesus, all he wants to do is literally, he wants to tell you today, there's a better way of living outside of not feeling worthy. All the feelings that the enemy puts you through, the depression, the oppression, the anxiety, the depression, just everything the enemy puts you through. Jesus wants to take all of that, wipe it away, throw it in the trash and give you a newness. You have been made new in Christ when you have accepted him into your heart. Remember that this week. And let me tell you, all the cards the enemy loves to play again, they're losing ones. Don't forget about that. Don't buy into the lies. Instead, lean on what the word tells us. Lean on what the Bible has to say. You know, who does God say I am? God says that I'm an overcomer. God says that I'm, I'm free and free indeed because who the Son has set free is free indeed. You're not a slave to sin anymore. And that's one of the most amazing things is that Jesus doesn't just come into your life and sit there on the couch and plop down on the couch with a bag of pickle lays potato chips. He literally changes your life and makes you new. And in this case, God says that if anyone is in Christ, he is made a new creation. So the old has passed away and the new has come. Second Corinthians 517, if you want to flip there and read it after the episode. Like the devil doesn't even have valid receipts. They're expired because that you doesn't exist anymore. The minute you say yes to Jesus, he literally takes everything that you've done, every bad thing that you've ever done, every sin that you've ever committed, throws it away, wipes it away. Your slate's wiped clean. It's a new record with Jesus. When the enemy hits you with, oh, you remember that? Like, no, I don't. Sorry. Like Jesus doesn't remember it. So I'm not going to remember it. I I encourage you to do that. Jesus does not remember it. So why should we keep it in the back of our minds and just constantly torture ourselves with like thoughts of, oh man, like I can't really pray today because I slipped here. I can't really do this because of my past. Like Jesus doesn't remember it. He's called you out of it. So don't stay there. Do not stay in that pit. And to the enemy's point, let's be honest, lie that you aren't worthy enough Hit him with the Bible verse, John 3, 17, that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. He did not come down to earth to condemn you, to tell you how bad you've been or all the bad things you've done or make you remember all the things that have just made you feel worthless. No, he came to make you new. Where the devil sees flaws and failures in you, Jesus sees potential in you. Jesus sees right now in this moment, the great testimonies you will give, the Bible verses that will become your favorite. So for me, again, Matthew 28, 20 is my favorite. He knew that (laughs) years before I even found it, he knew that would be my favorite one. And yes, he sees, you know, the mistakes and slip ups and guess what? He still says, I love you. He understands that we're not perfect. He understands that we're human. And the only perfect one is Jesus Christ himself. And he is the blueprint we build our life on. And honestly, again, I'm just in a football mood. Y'all, the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Hard time for Brock Purdy, I'm sure. But Jesus is like a football coach. 
So when the coach sees a man struggling on his team, he does not coddle him, okay? He does not, you know, grab his water bottle and a towel and take him off the field and say, oh, buddy, it'll be okay. We'll get it next time. Uh, No way, okay? He literally says, hey, you're slipping up here. Let's get to work on it. We cannot be doing this in the game. We got to work. And they go to work. They give it 120%. And that's what I've been learning lately is that Jesus is constantly working with us in our journey to become more like him, right? He's not going to leave you behind. That is such a sweet reassurance. Rest in this today that Jesus is not going to leave you behind. If you're lagging, if you're struggling, he'll leave the 99 to find you. If you're, if you're in a place right now where you're just like, I can't read my word, I'm struggling to read my word, I'm struggling to pray, here's what I want you to do. And just talk to Jesus because, again, Jesus' conversations are the best conversations. And just be honest with him. Pour out your heart to him and say, listen, Jesus, I'm struggling right now. And guess what? He will meet you there in your difficulty and help you out of it, too. He doesn't just hear about the trouble in your life and and roll his eyes up there. No, he literally says, gets down on your level with you and says, let's go to work. You're not going to stay here. You're going to be better because I'm going to make you better. And that is something so wonderful about Jesus is that he helps us even whenever we feel like we're helpless. And now let's jump into the Bible for the week. Let's do it. Okay, so we are still in our series the Jesus Chronicles, and diving deep into the book of Matthew. Man, if the disciples, let's take a minute here. If the disciples can hear us, I want to bet that Matthew is sitting up there right now, just big chilling, you know, hands stretched out behind his head, feet kicked up, looking at all the disciples going, that's right, boys, you hear that? It's week seven, and they're still in my book. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking, obviously, but I've always wondered what the disciples' personalities were. Like, of course, we have all the conversations and all the little little things about it, but like they were human. So they each had their own little personality. Like they all weren't the same person. So it's like they all had their own little things, just like we are. We're different. We have different personalities. I've always wondered that. My favorite disciple is, I would have to say, Peter. Because he was bold and brave, really the commander in chief for the guys, right? Until, you know, Jesus put him in his place (laughs) a lot. But anyway, the parable of focus for the week is found in Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 and 11. So again, that's Matthew 15, 10 through 11. As always, we are staying in the New King James Version and the verses read starting with verse 10. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand, verse 11, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. So let's set the scene. So this takes place after the Pharisees, aka the Jesus hate club, went after Christ, okay, talking down to him. And when I read this, I was thinking, man, Jesus, like you have a lot more grace and patience than me because it tells us that the Pharisees came to him, like they were looking for him and they were looking for a fight, y'all. They were not just looking to, hey, what's up? Like, no, they were looking for a fight. Like they always had like biting words, like bite back comments, like, like they were just not my favorites, okay? 
Any chance they had to ridicule or mock Jesus, they took it without hesitation. Actually, can you just imagine actually seeing Jesus here for a minute? So we are currently sitting with him and his disciples and a multitude of other people that have heard about Christ and all the wonderful, miraculous things that he's been doing while passing through various towns. So healing a woman with an issue of blood, healing a person sick with leprosy, and giving a paralyzed man the ability to walk again. All of this has already happened at this point. And so these people really wanted to see the multitudes that were following him at this point. They really wanted to see what the hype was all about. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I heard about a man that could literally open blind eyes and deaf ears and bring the dead back to life, I would be running after him. Okay, not walking. I would be running, hustling after him. And also, I noticed something pretty cool while reading this specific parable here is that each one that Jesus tells, each parable that Jesus tells, holds something new about him within it. So take this one, for example. We can see that Jesus is a teacher here. Sure, there's other moments in the Bible that he has shown in this way, but this parable here specifically showcases this characteristic too. So Jesus never just talked just to talk, okay? Each word he spoke has intention and meaning behind them. So the intention here is to teach others about himself and his father to tell them that there is a better way to live life, that salvation is free and following him. Yes, it will come with a cost, but it will all be worth it in the end. And we can see here that in this parable specifically, Jesus doesn't only tell the people, hey, I'm talking, everybody shush, but he says, hear and understand. In other words, listen closely because what I'm about to say is extremely important. Everything that Jesus spoke was important back then and is still important and relevant now. So let's break down the verses, starting with verse 10. I love how it starts. Okay, Jesus called the crowd, the people, to him. There must have been hundreds that were following him at this point. Multitude, listen, multitude does not mean two or 10 or 20. Literally, the definition means a large number of people, okay? So he's got more than just his 12 disciples following him at this point. There's a lot of people that are following. How did, I just wonder, how did he get the attention of the crowds? Like, did he stand up on a rock and holler at the top of his lungs? Like, everybody, listen up. I don't know. Like, maybe he waved his hands or was it more divine? Like, did he lift a hand and the crowd instantly fell silent? Or maybe he closed his eyes and said, peace be still. And everyone went quiet. Jesus was human. Like I I can just picture the scene. Jesus was literally human. Yes, he was divine. Yes, he was the son of God. He was the word made flesh, but he was human too. And I'm sure there were times where he felt the pressures of the multitude following him and the constant nagging from the Pharisees. and, And yet he still allowed the multitude to follow him. He still allowed normal everyday people to be a part of the story of Christ coming to save, heal, and set free. You see, Jesus didn't limit his access to only the rich and higher-ups. He was freely given to every single person that would accept him. And guess what? It's the same with us today. I want to ask you, is Jesus calling you today? Maybe it's a heavy feeling on your heart that's called conviction. And basically, this is when you are made aware of your sin. This can be pride, jealousy, anger, a word you were speaking, lust, or lying, for example. But Jesus doesn't just 
expose your sin. He also calls you out of it. He offers you his hand saying, I don't call you by your sin. I call you by your name. The Bible reassures us that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, to tell you just how bad you are, but to save the world, to save you, to give you hope in a future, to give you joy and happiness like you've never known. If you are listening and want to accept Christ into your heart, pray this with me today. Dear Jesus, I ask that you forgive me for all my sins and come into my heart and make it your home. Allow me to go out into the world and tell all about what you've done for me. Help me to grow in your word, to read your word and understand it, to understand more of you, who you are, your character. And let my story be for your glory, not my own. I say yes to your will, your word, and your way. Amen. And on the note of accepting Christ, I wanted to take a minute and give a shout out to this site that I found called, you'll never guess, 1-800-JESUS. For a quick second. Yes, y'all. The The website is literally called 1-800-JESUS. The, the link to the episode will be in the show notes. Um, also, if you want to go check them out. So basically, it's a little page with little notes about scripture and teaching people about who Jesus is and really spreading the good news of the gospel. My favorite has got to be the one that says, shame is the devil's atomic bomb in our lives, yours and mine, but God can heal, but God can lift you up and keep you up. When the evil one reminds you of your past, focus on your future with Christ. Y'all, they have got some wisdom and some word. Let me tell you, strongly suggest to go check them out after the podcast. I don't know if they still keep it going, if it's like recent posts, but what they have on there is really good. It's just like little sayings here and there. I think they have like music recommendations, like a playlist recommendation for like Jesus Jams. Um, But it's just such a good website that I just randomly found. I always Google episode title ideas because, you know, episode titles are a big part of the podcast. Um, and I just thought, hey, you know, like maybe I should do like a phone number type deal. And I just typed in 1-800-JESUS and this was the first thing that popped up in the results. So go check them out. It's really cool. So again, the link will be in the episode notes. Go check that out. Redo a couple of things, maybe take some notes and hopefully it helps you in your journey with Jesus or helps you grow closer to him today. All right, so to close the episode, I want to speak to both new and seasoned believers for a minute about verse 11. So Jesus tells us here that it isn't necessarily what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but instead it is what comes out of it. And to that, I want to say words are pretty powerful. You know, the Bible says that our tongue holds the power of life and death. That's some pretty heavy stuff. So words are something that you can't take back. You know, you can apologize all day long, but the minute you say something hurtful to somebody, their mind doesn't erase it. You know, they might say, yeah, I forgive you, but, you know, our minds hold on to the words that especially, I really think it's just the flesh. Like, you just always hold on to things that hurt you. And and honestly, it's one of the devil's top tactics to use against you because he constantly wants to, you know, isolate you from everyone and sow discord, which, in other words, it kind of means like, divide, whether it be like a community of believers, your family even. Um, typically, the the mind holds, you know, the most hurtful things that someone says to you. And 
ironically, if someone compliments you, it's kind of like a there and gone thing. But the minute someone says something, you know, rude or hurtful, you hold on to it for years and years. And honestly, that's something that I'm praying about too. And praying about for all of you is that, you know, we, we extend grace to people, even if they are unkind to us, because Jesus extended his grace to us when we didn't even know, like years before he, whenever he walked the earth, he saw you and said, it's all worth it. And he extended grace and mercy to us. So in turn, we have to turn around and extend grace and mercy to others. So I want to encourage you to be intentional with every conversation you have. Think before you speak. I have this problem too. Listen, I mean, if someone cuts me off on my way to work, y'all, I'm gripping that steering wheel like it's a lifeline and biting my tongue pretty hard because just cut me off, man. Like I just, mm, like Jesus help me. <laughs> That's something that I really need to pray about. <laughs> but anyway, ask yourself, you know, what would Jesus do here? What would he say? Um, you know, the bracelets, I can't talk about them enough. Like what would Jesus do? It's so like cheesy. I know every, what would Jesus do? But like, seriously, ask yourself in every situation that is presented in your life every single day, what would Jesus do? Because somebody somewhere is watching you. And I don't say that in like a really creepy way. That probably sounded really, I'm sorry, that no, it's not creepy. But just like, if you're a witness, and you say you're a Christian, people are going to watch you pretty closely. Because the minute that you say something that doesn't align with, you know, the Christian way, they are going to immediately pull out. Do you remember when you said this? Do you remember when you said that? Like, so be aware of what you say, what you do, your actions, your words. Um, just be very aware of that because you are representing Jesus to others. We are ambassadors for Christ. So be aware of your words, your conversation, and your actions this week. But lucky for us, I have actually found some tips on how to control your tongue. So I have two. So tip one, start each day with a conversation with Jesus. For me, I normally pray on the way to work since it's about a 45-minute drive. And let me tell you, my prayers aren't always pretty and put together. I'm telling Jesus what my day consists of, things I'm nervous for, asking for help in some areas of my life. Sometimes I'm crying. Other times I'm talking a million miles an hour. But thank the Lord, Jesus hears it all and understands. So you don't even have to speak. Let me just tell you, you don't even have to speak for Jesus to know what you need or what you're trying to say. He knows our thoughts are far off. Like he knows your thoughts before they even enter, the, enter your mind. That is so crazy. Thank you, Jesus, for that too. And so I just encourage you, tell, be real with Jesus. Tell Jesus about your struggles. He won't just listen to them, but he will help you overcome them too. So if we start our day with talking to Jesus himself, I have a feeling we will be more intentional with our conversations. That's just me. All right, so tip number two, stay rooted in the word. So I always, well, let's run it back a little bit. So the blog, it all started with the word, right? I had a verse spotlight, really studied it, you know, read the New Living Translation, the New King James Version, really dove into it and really wanted to, you know, bring some lessons out of a Bible because a Bible verse can really hold a lot of lessons within it. I don't care if it's two words in a verse. Jesus wept. Like you can you can do like a whole sermon on that if you wanted to. So really, whenever we read the word, 
we learn who Jesus is. Okay, so think about it like I always compare it to college or school. Whenever you're studying or whenever you have homework, you always go back to the textbook to find the answer. Or when you're studying for a test, sometimes you have to go through a textbook and highlight key terms, learn more about that subject. It's the same way with Jesus. So the more you read, the more you're going to know. The more literal evidence you have to present to people who are going to ask you, why do you serve Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus anyway? You could be doing anything in the world. Why are you following Jesus? You can present them with the story of because he's set people free from captivity. He's healed people. The woman with the issue of blood, she just reached out and touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. I mean, she didn't even speak to him like before the healing happened, before the miracle happened. He fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. But just all of these moments, all these Jesus moments, as I like to call them, the more you know, the more you fall in love with Jesus too. I mean, it's such a sweet thing to fall in love with Jesus. I encourage you to just dive deep into the word. Learn about who Jesus says you are so that you can knock the devil out whenever he tries to tell you he thinks he knows who you are. Turn around and hit him with some of the Bible because the Bible only speaks truth. Okay, the devil only speaks lies. All right, so before we go, whoa, 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 I want to ask you a pretty cheesy question. Okay, I know you guys are going to laugh so hard, but I wanted to include this in here. If the number 1-800-JESUS-SAVES called, would you pick it up? Anyone? <laughs> Half of you are probably saying, heck to the no. It's a scammer. I've already fallen for all the tricks in the book. Won the lottery. Uh, your bank's been hacked. Your money's gone. Um, you want a brand new car. We just need your credit card number. Who? I don't know. Like, I've just, I've heard a couple of stories. So those are the things that are popping into my head right now. Um, so no, I'm not going to answer, okay? But I'm here to tell you that this Jesus thing isn't a scam, okay? Like, it's real. It isn't a trick that someone is trying to pull on you. This is a real thing. And Jesus changes people's lives, and he can change yours today, too. There's no one that's too far gone for God. There's no sin that's too great that Jesus can't save you from. The word says that his arm isn't short, that it cannot save. So he can reach beyond, you know, no matter how far you think you've gone, Jesus can always run farther than that and bring you back into the fold. And so remember this this week, there's nobody that's too far gone for Jesus. And so Jesus doesn't just save us either. Okay, listen to this. Jesus doesn't just save us. He delivers, changes, and loves us beyond all measure. So in my life, Jesus is by far the best thing that's ever happened to me hands down, no question. Nobody has ever loved me like he has. Nobody has ever spoken to me like he has. Nobody has ever taken the time to just talk to me like he has because Jesus goes wherever we go. The minute you accept him into your heart, he's everywhere with you. He's in the coffee shop. Whenever you're going through a hard time, whenever you have a meeting that you, you're just really stressed out about, you have a big exam coming up, when you get cut off in traffic, he's everywhere with you. He goes where we go. And that is such a sweet thing that Jesus isn't just confined to church walls, but he goes with us outside of them. So that's what's wonderful about serving Jesus is that he's with us every day. What a great thing that is. So Jesus loves you and wants you on his team today. I just want to tell you that just in case you didn't know. 
let me say that again. Jesus loves you and wants you on his team today. So don't count yourself out of this great thing. Okay, don't count yourself out. There's no one that's too gone, too far gone for God. And let's close with a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day, for this sweet Sunday and all the love you have for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for us and being our example on how to live each day. Let us be intentional with every conversation we have and to spread the good news of the gospel to the world around us. Amen. And with that, episode 28 has come to an end. Don't forget to hit that follow button at the top on Spotify and Apple. Leave a review for the show, hopefully a good one, and rate us five stars so that more people can learn more about Jesus. As always, don't forget to tell someone about Jesus today, and I will see you all in episode 29. We are officially one episode away from 30 episodes. It is so insane after this post, of course. We'll be one away from 30. All right, so have a great week if you're listening on Sunday. Um, Have a great weekend if you're listening on a Friday. Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you.